Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. This is Tailgate Till May, part of the Believe Podcast Network. If you love college sports and you like to have a little action on the games, then this is the place for you because I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I love both of those things too. I hope everybody had a fantastic Christmas weekend and is ready to really get into the thick of bowl season because bowl season to me feels like it's going to start in earnest tomorrow on December 27th because we got a big day of four bowl games the day after that the 28th we got another four bowl games and this is when you start to get into that mode where it's like oh it's noon turn on espn oh there's a bowl game might as well watch that one then get sucked in for the next i don't know four five six seven eight ten hours because tomorrow on the 27th and i record this uh the evening of the 26th here we kick off at 2 p.m and the last kickoff of the day is 9 p.m. On Thursday, even better, 11 a.m. kick Eastern time between SMU and Boston College. The last kick of the day, 9.15 between Arizona and Oklahoma. So I feel like this is where we really start bowl season in earnest. Yeah, we've had bowl games. There's even been some good bowl games. There's been plenty of fun bowl games. But now is when you enter that zone where time kind of has no meeting, meaning between Christmas and New Year's, and you can just turn on the TV at any given point, and there's going to be college football on, which is a fantastic thing. So let's get right into this thing. And what I'm going to do today, I'm going to be talking about the games on the 27th and on the 28th, four on each day, eight total. And I'm going to rank my interest in each one over the course of the next two days, and I'm going to give some picks out, of course, talk about how I'm viewing the slate from a gambling perspective. So let's start with Wednesday, the 27th. I mentioned it already. 2 p.m. kicks things off. And the game that I am most interested in on Wednesday, that's going to be the Dukes-Mayo Bowl between North Carolina and West Virginia. It's a 5.30 Eastern time kick in Charlotte, North Carolina. In this game, West Virginia is a six and a half point favorite. The total is 55 and a half. And the big story or big uh, piece of personnel news, I guess, out of this game is that Drake May will not be playing. And Drake May is a guy who is going to be battling for the opportunity to be the number one pick in next year's NFL draft. Him and Caleb Williams are going to be right there, one, two. Caleb Williams probably has the advantage right now, but Drake May will be right there. As we go through all these games, I will go through some of the big personnel news because it's such a big part of bowl season, who's playing, who isn't, and it's really changing how you view these games what the lines are and how you'd you'd uh, observe and bet these games as well. So that's the big news out of that one. But the reason I'm so excited about this game is because West Virginia had a great season. Neil Brown, their head coach, entered the year very much on the hot seat. You look at any of the hot seat list, he was on it. 
you know, look at how the media picked West Virginia to finish in the Big 12, and this became a big number for West Virginia all year, 14 out of 14. They were picked dead last in the Big 12. And what does Neil Brown do? What does West Virginia do? Well, they go out and they and they put up eight wins on the year. They go eight and four on the season, and they had a, themselves a really, really nice year. They could have been, you could do this with a lot of teams, but they really could have been nine and three, if not for a Hail Mary loss against Houston that's a game they absolutely could have had so you could be looking at a nine win team here as it is you're looking at an eight win team here and a really big year for Neil Brown and the West Virginia Mountaineers and Neil Brown really got his hands dirty with the offense and it started humming Garrett Green their quarterback had a fantastic season he was kind of a guy who would go who went from somebody who you knew could make some plays with his legs to somebody who grew a lot as a quarterback. The stats aren't eye-popping, 53% completion percentage, but he had 15 touchdowns to four interceptions on the season, and he, he can make some plays with his legs. He makes plays with his legs, and he was able to, he always had that, and he was able to add to that this season and become a, a an effective passer as well who you could trust so he puts up over 700 rushing yards on the year 13 rushing touchdowns to go along with those 15 passing touchdowns and those 2,000 passing yards so West Virginia looks like they could be at the start of something here uh, Garrett Green is going to be able to come back and play next year. And West Virginia, maybe now they're getting to the point in the Neil Brown era where they can really build something, where they can continue to make progress and make some ste- take some steps forward. From a North Carolina perspective, they're going to start Connor Harrell at quarterback in this game. And Connor Harrell is a guy who is a, a young quarterback, has played really sparingly, for them, I think he is a Harold is a redshirt freshman, so he's a guy who hasn't had a, a lot of experience, but he's a guy who, in very limited time, he came in against Campbell this season in, in mop up duty and put up some big numbers uh, in, in limited action here. So it's exciting to see what he can bring to the table. Whoever is at that quarterback spot at North Carolina since Mac Brown has returned has always put up big numbers and has always been somebody to watch nationally. So it'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the table in that bowl game. It's also in Charlotte. It's going to be probably a pretty pro North Carolina crowd, but it's not you know, it's doable for West Virginia fans, West Virginia fans who are excited about what they did this year. And I think the crowd should be decent there, which to me makes bowl games always uh, that much more enjoyable, that much better. So I'm interested to see what North Carolina looks like in the post-Drake May era. That's going to be a huge deal for them. How do they move on? How do they replace Drake May? What's next for them? Uh, So I'm excited about this game. I am betting over 55 and a half in this game. I think if Drake May were to if, if Drake May was playing in this game, you would see this total be be much closer to 60, maybe over 60 in this game, maybe even like 63 in this game. I think 
West Virginia certainly puts up points in this game. I'm not worried about them from a personnel perspective. I think they'll continue to do what they do offensively against the North Carolina defense that was better, but still not outstanding this season. What West Virginia really excelled at, and uh, uh, Parker Fleming, you can find him at Statso War on Twitter. He does the great advanced stats previews of each game what he you you can see pretty obviously in the advanced stats preview of this game is West Virginia runs the ball really well and that's where North Carolina struggles West Virginia does a great job this is even more obvious here West Virginia does a great job of creating scoring opportunities and West and North Carolina struggles to limit scoring opportunities and you can see that in the echo rate there if you if you're looking at those advanced stats previews I love that stat echo rate and points per echo as as well and then uh on the other side of the ball North Carolina did a really nice job of converting their scoring opportunities into points. They were in the top 50. They were number 50 nationally in points per echo. West Virginia, 95th defensively in points per echo. So where they struggled was stopping teams from punching it in in those scoring opportunities. I, I can't say for sure I know how Connor Harrell is going to perform in this game, but I think there's some value on the over there because I think this total has been pushed way down because Drake May is not playing. I think that in a lot of these bowl games, when you know the starter's not going to be in, you have plenty of opportunity to give that backup quarterback uh, first-team reps, have him get comfortable, and uh, come out with a little something. So I read something that earlier this week with Mac Brown just talking about Harrell, talking about how he's a different quarterback than Drake May. He's faster than Drake May in that Campbell game. He did put up some rushing yards. So, uh, and, and not that Drake May can't run. That, that was always one of the things that I found impressive about Drake May is as big as he was, as, as well as he could throw the ball, he could run too. You saw it in that first game he played a season ago. And I always found that, uh, I always found that really impressive about him. But, but Harold is a little bit faster. Mac Brown. So, so I think there's some things they can come out and do and design for him. And let's be honest, the quarterback in under Mac Brown has traditionally put up big numbers at North Carolina. So I think that total has been pushed a little bit too low. I'm playing the over there at 55 and a half. The game I'm looking forward to next on the day is the 9 p.m. Eastern kick, Texas A&M, Oklahoma State. And this is really because Ollie Gordon Oklahoma State's stud running back announced that he is coming back for another season to to Oklahoma State. Now, you might be saying, like, okay, why does he have to announce that? He's not even eligible to go to the NFL draft. Well, look, right now, I mean, the the fact is he was going to be, if he entered the transfer portal, one of the most coveted guys in the transfer portal. And uh, he announced that he is coming back to Oklahoma State. So it's a huge win for the Cowboys. And this is a Texas A&M team that of course is going through the coaching change from Jimbo Fisher to now Mike Elko. They have a ton of guys who are in the transfer portal and I am taking Oklahoma state here minus two in this game. Mike Gundy traditionally very successful in bowl games, Oklahoma state coming off a very nice season. They have a lot of excitement with Ollie Gordon coming back. I think they, they are motivated to cap this one off 
with a win, whereas Texas A&M is just going through so much transition. So give me Oklahoma State minus two here. The number three game of the day for me is Virginia Tech Tulane, and that kicks at 2 p.m., Eastern time. That is the military bowl that will be played at Navy's stadium, Navy Marine Corps Memorial stadium. And the uh, Texas A&M Oklahoma state bowl game is the Texas bowl. That'll be played at NRG stadium in Houston. But the Virginia tech Tulane game is a game where if we saw these two teams play in the regular season, the line would not be what it is. The line is Virginia Tech minus 10 and a half. It's a total of 43 and a half. And the reason for this is because Tulane has been absolutely decimated with Willie Fritz leaving as the head coach, taking the same job at Houston. And with him leaving, uh, a bunch of the other coaches leaving, uh, they've also lost uh, a bunch of guys who will not be playing in this game. They lost their starting quarterback. Michael Pratt will not be playing in this game. A couple wide receivers are out. There is a ton of there are a ton of impact players out for Tulane in this game. If if Tulane and Virginia Tech had met on a neutral site during the season, I I, mean, I think Tulane would have been certainly a favorite, but I don't know. I'd probably I think maybe a three and a half to seven point favorite is probably where I would have, would have put it, I guess, depending on what part of the year you're in, but either way, it, as it stands right now, it's Virginia tech minus 10 and a half. And my inclination here is to take Tulane, despite all of the guys they've lost, because there's still something about a team that won the American last year, that went to the American championship game this season, that it feels disrespectful to be giving them so many points uh, for those guys who did stay, who are going to still play in this bowl game. But Virginia Tech, they ended the season on a really strong note. They Things really changed for them when Kyron Drones took over at quarterback. Their offense really took a big step up. If you look at their end of their season, you just kind of run down the schedule and look at their point totals. They put up 48 points against Boston College. They, they put up 28 against NC State in a loss, and they ended with a huge 55-17 win on the road against their rival, Virginia. Uh, they had a nice year, and it was impressive for them to get back to a bowl game there. Brent Pry uh, struggled a lot. That team struggled a lot in Brent Pry's first season, and now they are back in a bowl game. The defense was solid. The offense took a big step up, and it was a, it, it was an impressive season for them. So I am just going to stay away from this game. No bet on this game. And then the the fourth game of the day for me is Louisville-USC. And this is a game in the Holiday Bowl out in San Diego. It's an 8 p.m. Eastern time kick. And the line is Louisville minus seven, a total of 58 and a half. And this is last for me just because of who is not playing for USC. And that, of course, is Caleb Williams, who has a chance to be the also has a chance to be the top overall player selected in this year's NFL draft. Him and Drake may are going to probably be the, the two guys battling for that. And uh, he is going to sit out just like Drake may is going to sit out in this game. Uh, running back Marshawn Lloyd is also going to be out for, for USC. So it's a game where it's like, okay, yeah, this would be interesting 
in the season if everybody was playing, but it's it's hard to get super pumped about this one when Caleb Williams is not playing. And I don't judge Drake May or Caleb Williams for not playing, to be perfectly honest. Uh, they are both, again, have a chance to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, and, and I understand if they want to go ahead and move on and just get the process rolling there, uh, avoid any injury. But for us as viewers, as college football fans, it does leave a little something to be desired here. The way I'm going to play this game is I am going to bet Louisville over 33 and a half on the team total. You have to go back to September 25th to find a time that USC's defense was able to hold an opponent under 33 and a half points. That would be a, when they held Arizona State to 28 and a 42-28 win uh, over the Sun Devils. In every game since then, which I believe is eight games, yeah, it would be eight games since then, their last eight games, they allowed over 33 and a half points. Jeff Brom is well-known, Louisville's head coach, for being able to scheme up trick plays, come out with a good game plan. Louisville does not have a lot of personnel losses in this game, they are coming off a great year one for Jeff Brom. They can really build some momentum here. And I think that is a team and a fan base that is excited and motivated to play in this game and get a win over USC. So give me the give me the Cardinals team total over 33 and a half. All right, let's go on now to Thursday, the 28th, where we have another four games on the docket. And the game I am most excited for on Thursday, and it's the game I'm really most excited about over these next two days in in general, is Arizona and Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. That game is at 9.15 on Thursday, the 28th. It's in San Antonio, Texas at the Alamo Dome. And to me, bowl season now has actually become a lot more about seeing who's next in college football. It's almost a kickoff to the following year, and you can certainly debate how much the result of a bowl game matters in terms of building momentum uh, for the following year, but it certainly builds excitement for a fan base if you win a bowl game. It sets things off on the right mood. It sets things off on the right note, gets the fan base excited for the the next year, but it's with all of the opt-outs and so much activity in the transfer portal, it has become a lot about seeing what is next, who is next. And in Oklahoma's case, we are going to see a guy that everybody is excited to see at quarterback in Jackson Arnold. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, of course, had a fantastic season for them. He transfers to Oregon. He will not play in the bowl game, but Jackson Arnold, their next quarterback will start in this game. And we're going to really get to see what he has to offer as a guy who was super highly rated and now had about, you know, a month or so with first team reps uh, to prepare to start this bowl game. And it's something that I'm, I'm very interested in observing more is as we see more of this with guys transferring younger quarterback especially at the quarterback position those quarterbacks playing getting that month-long uh opportunity to take first team reps how much does that help their development uh, does it matter at all i tend to think 
it can only help. I don't think it'll really hurt. Uh, I guess it could hurt confidence wise if you go out and you have a really bad bowl game. But I think those reps, those first team reps in practice are going to do nothing but help. So I am excited to see Jackson Arnold play in this game. I'm also excited to see Arizona just play again in again this season because they had such a great end to the year where it was every time they took the field, you felt like they had a chance to win. They won their last six in a row. Over the course of that streak, they beat Washington State, Oregon State, UCLA, Utah. They got really big wins. And right before that, they played USC and Washington very, very close. This is a team that was very nearly in the Pac-12 championship game. They fell just short of a trip to the Pac-12 championship game. They go 9-3 and three overall, 7-2 and two in conference. And there's a lot of momentum with this program as they move from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. So this is the kind of the who's in, who's out bowl. Arizona coming into the Big 12. Oklahoma moving from the Big 12 to the SEC. It's the the long-standing king of the conference who is going to depart versus a newcomer who looks like it could get off to a very successful start in the Big 12. And we could be talking about Arizona as potentially a 12-team college ball playoff team in the next year or two here, uh, especially with that defense that they have with Noah Fafita at quarterback. He was a guy who burst onto the scene as a, as a freshman and was an absolute star this season for them. So a lot of excitement for Arizona here. During the season, this is a game that I would have loved to have played Arizona getting some points. Given the circumstances, they are actually the three-point favorite in this game. I think I'm just going to stay away from this one. I could see a shootout happening here. I could see a shootout happening for sure, but I just don't know enough about Jackson Arnold to know what this game is going to look like. I think it's a bit of a toss-up here, but I'm excited to watch this one. This is the game I'm most excited to watch over the next two days. The game uh, that's next for me is going to be NC State, Kansas State. That's a 545 kickoff. Uh, That's the Pop-Tarts Bowl. A lot's been made about the Pop-Tarts Bowl. People are very excited about the edible mascot and all that the Pop-Tarts Bowl has to offer. This one's going to be at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Kansas State, a two and a half point favorite in this one. The total, 47 and a half. This is another stay away for me. These two teams honestly resemble each other a lot. I feel like these are two very consistent programs that you kind of know what you're going to get from each of them year in and year out. They're they're typically around that eight win range. Kansas State went out and won the Big 12 two years ago, had a very good year. And this year went eight and four, Fell a little short of expectations, I would say. I I think a lot of Kansas State fans probably disappointed, especially with that last uh, season-ending loss at home to Iowa State in the snow. Also took Texas to overtime, had a chance to win that game. And if they win that game, they have a very good chance of going to the Big 12 championship game. And, of course, everything kind of probably plays out differently from there. Who knows if that Iowa State game goes the same way. But... They had a solid eight-win year, fell a little bit short of expectations, and then had a lot of guys hit the transfer portal, most notably starting quarterback Will Howard, who was a record-setting quarterback at Kansas State and led them to that Big 12 title a year ago. But this is another situation like at Oklahoma where we're going to see the future. 
because Kansas State is going to start Avery Johnson, their freshman quarterback in this game. And he's a guy who came in. He got some packages during the season. They were starting to do a little bit of that two-headed monster deal with Avery Johnson and Will Howard, um, much like they did a year ago, but not with uh, not with Avery Johnson before Avery Johnson was there, but with Will Howard and Adrian Martinez. Uh, th- this year, it was starting to be Will Howard and Avery Johnson. And Avery Johnson is going to get the reins for this one. So I'm super excited to see that. Again, with the uncertainty, I'm just going to stay away from this one. The next game that I'm watching is 11 a.m. kickoff. You gotta love an 11 a.m. kickoff. It's SMU and BC, future ACC rivals, of course, in the Fenway Bowl at Fenway Park. SMU, I think, has a valid gripe against the College Bowl Playoff Selection Committee for being left out as the G5 New Year's Six representative in favor of Liberty. They win the American. They have a really nice year. Uh, Liberty played a super soft schedule and SMU goes 11 and two uh, with their two losses being to big 12 schools. They win what looked to be the toughest G5 conference. And uh, so I think they have a valid gripe there. So the question kind of becomes how motivated are they to play in this game? Are they, do they want to go out there and do they want to really take it to a team and show the committee, Hey, you should have put us in, or is there a lack of motivation to play in this game? That's always the question. Motivation is always such a big question when you're talking about handicapping bowl games. The way I want to play this one is I want to play the over in this one. It's 47, and I expected it to be much higher. So I looked at the weather, a little rain in Boston expected on Thursday, but you're actually talking about a fairly warm day for Boston at the end of December. It's a high, uh, going to be about high of 47 that day. There will be some rain, but it's not going to be... Uh, it's not going to be super, super windy, 10 to 15 miles per hour. So it's not like we're talking about 30 mile per hour wind gusts here. And SMU is a team that has a great passing attack. Uh, we saw that all season. They, their starting quarterback, uh, Preston Stone, did get hurt at the end of the year. Uh, but their backup started in the American Championship game against Tulane. Uh, Jennings is his name, Kevin Jennings. So he will have a chance uh, to only get more and more reps ahead of this bowl game. But this is an offense I expect to continue to play really well. The Boston College offense was very good at times. Thomas Castellanos, their quarterback, is always worth the price of admission. He's a really exciting dual threat quarterback who can make things happen through the air and on the ground. There was a bunch of games this season where Castellanos was Boston College's leading passer and their leading rusher. So I expect some points in this game. I don't think the weather is going to be a huge limiting factor in this one. Give me the over 47 in this one. And then we'll wrap things up. 215, this is the pinstripe bowl at Yankee Stadium 2.15 Eastern time, Rutgers in Miami. Rutgers, much like Boston College, essentially a home team in this one. And this is a game where Miami is going to be without its starting quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, who has entered the transfer portal, I believe, is going to Wisconsin. And they are, it's an interesting situation for Miami because they're they're chasing 
a transfer quarterback. Uh, they're trying to get Cam Ward, the Washington State transfer. And so, you know, this is they're going to start a freshman in this game. That player is not necessarily going to be their starting quarterback next year. It's not going to necessarily be their future quarterback um, because of the transfer portal, because they're trying to chase some players out there. Uh, so it's not quite a Jackson Arnold, Avery Johnson situation where it's like, okay, we get to see the future of Miami football. This is a clear uh, opportunity to build momentum to- towards next season with uh, Ja'Cory Brown, who is going to start in this game. So uh, it's a little bit of a different situation here. Rutgers, good year for Rutgers. Rutgers had a very strong, very solid defense this season. They played some teams very tough in the Big Ten. Uh, Ultimately, they lose to Michigan early in the year, 31-7. to But this was a game that was 7-7 in the second quarter. I think they threw a pick six just before halftime in that one. Is this the one they threw a pick six? No, it must have been the Ohio State game. They threw a pick six just before halftime. Uh, Point being, they hung in some of these games. They found a way to get to six wins, mostly on the strength of, of a good defense. Offense struggled at times. Uh, I, You know, I would have loved, I would have absolutely loved during the year to have gotten Rutgers as like a seven and a half, ten 10-point dog in this one. As it stands right now, they're going to be the favorite in this game. They, they, Not they're going to be. They are the favorite in this game. They're a point and a half favorite in this one. And I just don't feel great about taking Rutgers as a favorite, even though all signs point to Rutgers in this one. And it was, yes, the Ohio State game where it was a nine, Rutgers had a 9-7 lead and they threw a pick six early in the second quarter. They were on, uh, they were driving and they threw a, a pick six. So they hung with some of these really good teams in the Big Ten this season. I would feel I would love to have taken them as a dog, but as that favorite, I'm just gonna stay away from this one. That's our show for today. Should be a fun bowl slate over the next two days. I will be back on Thursday. I'll talk about the Friday slate of bowls, the Saturday slate of bowls, and of course, breakdown each of the two college football playoff games because it's here. It's less than a week away. Uh, I talked a little bit about how I'm handling my national championship futures bets, but now it's time to really dive in and break down those college ball playoff games. Until next time, keep the grill hot and the cooler cold.